that for intro. Welcome, friends. Season 6 of the Faith in a Fresh Vibe podcast. I am your host, Rohati, coming at you from Treaty 7 lands in Calgary, Alberta, Canada. This season is all about deconstruction. I invite my friend, singer-songwriter Drew Brown, and we take time We recorded this over a month to share our story, to share our story and our experience navigating deconstruction in different kinds of churches as leaders, as pastors, as worship leaders. We also offer a perspective here that's been, I think, missing from the conversation of deconstruction not going to venture on its validity that much we already know if you've been thrown into the process of deconstruction that's a hard place to be it's obscurity obscurity means you look outside and there's a bit of fear you wonder if you're alone in this journey drew and i share our story to let you know that you're not. You're not alone, but the journey that you're on in deconstruction has layers. And one of those bedrock layers is white supremacy. That's a tough word if it's a word you haven't ventured with, haven't thought about. But we contend that if we don't deal with the root problems in the formation of our Christian faith, then we're not going to be able to come out in new and reclaimed ways. We'll end up replicating the problems we sought to escape to begin with. So without further ado, enough from me, I'm going to jump straight into the conversation. Enjoy this multiple part series with Drew Brown and myself. Find Drew online, Spotify, the intro and the outro, they were all his songs. I think the best thing you could do is go out and buy them. You know what, Drew? <laughs> what, man? <laughs> you know what? I've been hearing a lot about this deconstruction. <laughs> Have you heard of this deconstruction? Ne- never heard of it. About it is that like a no. construction company? Are we talking about what Tonka trucks? What, what what's it, it? It's definitely not good, sir. <laughs> Deconstruction. Have you not been on the social medias? Yeah, exactly. The on Instagrams. The, on the That's right. <laughs> a lot of white people are talking about deconstruction, and I'm wondering, did I miss yeah. something? <laughs> and then I realized. These guys are talking quite a bit about my experience in church culture. Right. I'm like, wait a minute. Right. I got something to say about that. You heard about this deconstruction? I have, man. I have. It's everywhere. Everybody's. It's like. It's hot right now. It's hot right now. It's trending. Oh, my gosh. 
I mean, it's been around for a while, but, but I don't understand. Maybe it goes in waves. It's hot right now. It is. It is. It's Instagram hot right now. Right? All sorts of it's, accounts. Right? The algo picks up deconstruction accounts. Oh, my gosh. It's, it's hot. It's a freaking brand right now. Oh, <laughs> right. And that's I'm, a good one I'm because so brand means money, right? Exactly. Money, money, money. And people are trying to make that money. I got to get on that. I, you, you know, should, I don't man. begrudge anybody who's trying to make a buck off this thing. But and this is what we'll contend and discuss in this deconstruction series is I don't think certain voices can take people far enough along the journey of deconstruction. That's good. Just to take... Oh, let's dig into that deeper. What do you mean by that? Well, uh, I think that right now on deconstruction, and, and we'll take a step back here in a moment and talk about what do we mean by deconstruction? Right. Tonka trucks? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah right. Tonka truck out. <laughs> I, it's got to go in the graphic. <laughs> <laughs> no, we, we, we can hear because I think it's just cultural in terms of contemporary church. Mm-hmm. And by contemporary church, that means white church. We'll use the ethnic moniker for all the other traditions, but mm-hmm. if it's just the church and what the church is saying, that means the white church. Right. And in America, that's white evangelical. Yeah. So you have these emerging voices or old voices who have seen the light, <laughs> and they are coming through with new materials of their process of realizing what they had was abusive, right. toxic, right. just not working, right. and they're offering ways forward, which... I mean, if you're, we were joking about this, Brian McLaren with your 26th book on something unorthodox, deconstruction, he doesn't use those words. Maybe he does now. You have the theological persuasions there. And and there's some teaching to go along with this for sure. But if I were to pick on the primary voices who are, whom are white voices in this conversation, they can only take you so far. And if the roots of the problem are embedded in white supremacy, white people are not going to get you out of it. Right. That's what I mean by can't take you far enough along the journey. That's so good. Maybe so maybe good. I'm, I'm not right. I mean, we can pump each other's tires here all day. <laughs> but... All day, all night. <laughs> I mean, maybe I'm wrong. Like, I know for me, when I went through my uh, air quotes, deconstruction phase and that was a while ago. it was like 20 what's oh, a phase 20, now well you know so I don't hot know, whatever it, well, it's so hot right now um i think it was like 2013 i think it was 2014 and there wasn't a whole lot of like that i knew of anyway a whole lot of like content around that i think the only thing that i had at the time is that a few months later the liturgist became a thing and they had their first podcast mm. And it was super helpful in terms of the faith part of my deconstruction. But for me, for me, the, my process wasn't just, hey, my faith doesn't work anymore. It was mm. that the church is broken and I don't know how I fit anymore, whether I should fit into it anymore. I couldn't handle the racial injustice. I couldn't handle the homophobia. I couldn't handle like all these things. It was a fully like all-encompassing, this doesn't make sense. I don't know whether uh, I should be a part of it because even as a person of color, there's something about the church that's against me. Hmm. <laughs> right. And so it's like, and like, have I been used in this agenda? Am I, you know, how am I complicit in all this? How am I? And so it was like a full, like holistically um, traumatic experience in terms of like, I don't, 
I can't, can't connect to this anymore. I, it was almost like a detachment as well as a deconstruction. Ooh, that's a good word. And and that was hard for me because I'm, I'm a Jesus kid, man. I grew like, mm. like my whole life was aimed towards ministry, everything, mm-hmm. everything. You're gonna lose something. Like, Got lose yourself. But it's weird because and that's and that's fine. That's my story. But when I talk to other people who have gone through their deconstruction or who are going through, it's very. Mm, I've got to wash my words. Um, uh, it seems like it's a. Mm, there's nothing I can say that won't sound really bad. And I, I, I think I remember I tweeted something about this before, where like people sort of faith deconstruction. Usually, it's a, it's like a they're fighting against like purity culture. And that's it. And that's the only mm-hmm. frame of reference that they're mm-hmm. kind of working mm-hmm. on. And, mm-hmm. and that's mm-hmm. important to do. I yeah. did it as well. It's it's mm-hmm. great. Mm-hmm. But I personally don't understand how you can only deconstruct that. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. also working on the misogyny and the white supremacy mm-hmm. and the patriarchy and then the racism and the... Like, one kind of leads to the next one, leads to the next. In my in my head, from my perspective, they're all connected. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people mm-hmm. that I talk to, it's like that one mm. thing, and that's the thing, which is fine. I just there's a part of me that's kind of like, huh. And it's specifically white people who do that. Any other mm. person who's a person of color, they wind up doing a bit more of you know chipping Thinking. away at the yeah. Mm. Breaking down the wall. They're going deeper. Yeah. Yeah. They're all connected because they all have the same roots. Right. Right. They're embedded in the same foundation of power. And power is something that takes time to divest from. Yes. And if you don't have the eyes to see, but the alertness, the alertness to the world around you in the ways that it subjugates marginalized people, whomever the marginalized might be, but it's usually around race, gender. Mm-hmm. Now it could include mm-hmm. sexuality. You're not alert to the ways, the foundations of power designed to preserve it for certain people influence you. Right. It's like, oh my gosh, you, you were going to deconstruct Drew Brown deconstructing and you're going to lose yourself or an old self. Right. For a lot of people, that's not just the faith world that you're losing. You are going to be losing a concept of individuality mm. as it relates into modern society, too. Right. That sounds really philosophical. Wow, yeah. Yeah. That's big. You can't learn your way out of the shadows. Oh, my gosh. It's like all the books you can read. Dude, that's, a, that's, a, that's the quote, man. That's the quote. I'll tweet that. Yeah, 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 that's good. Well, hang on then. We'll put that on a t-shirt maybe. How much do you think we could sell that for? Uh, 20, 20 bucks, 22 bucks. 20, 20 American dollars. Oh, definitely, man. For sure. Shipping not included. Visit the store. Get that exvangelical money, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I've been trying to hit that hashtag, and I don't know what's. I don't know what I'm missing. I don't think it's that big, but I know people are looking at it, but... I chalk it up to race because I'm shallow like that. <laughs> there it is. There it is. I don't understand what, but maybe if I put up some more pithy quotes, yeah, you can't I, learn your a, way that's out. A, that's right. 
Come on, man. That's good. How many books? How many? What did that guy? I don't even know. I'm not going to name drop. I'm not going to look it up. Who wanted to put like a 12 week course or something together oh, and charge a lot of money? And some Josh people Harris. do yeah. do the work. And uh, yeah, I don't know who that is. <laughs> <laughs> some people do do the work, and and they're creating you know important resources around deconstruction. So I'm not right. throwing around the, the the baby at the bathwater here. But if you're going to throw down some 12 week course, that means just like this. Okay, let's use this. Just like discipleship, which every white evangelical church is like, oh, we got to make disciples. Well, right. We have to be better at disciples. Let's go to discipleship. Su- well, it's leadership summit. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, let's yeah. do discipleship things. And it's like the weakest component of your church is discipleship, man. And we have reduced discipleship to 12-week courses. Just come to the class and think. And so that you have a better way of processing in your mind how you should live out a Christian ethic. Yeah. But that's not an embodied posture right. whatsoever. Right. So how do you live out something? In a shift, this deconstruction as a shift to the way that you embody life and being and the formation that will point you into a new way. Yeah, yeah. If all you're doing is reading a couple of books or taking a 12-week course, need more. Oh my gosh. Well, maybe that's not right. No, not more. That's going to exhaust people. We need deeper than that. There it is. I'm bitter. Oh, dude. No, it's good. It's good. Let's talk about deconstruction and what we mean. Okay, that's good. We talked about this, and we're like, okay, let's start off with some dictionary. Now, I looked into the Evangelical Dictionary of Theology <laughs> under deconstruction. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't there. Oh! I think we can shape and form and define deconstruction in, in, not to say that we are the defining factors by no means, but perhaps we have different ideas of yeah. what deconstruction is. I'm curious to know, what do you mean by deconstruction Hmm. for me and uh, man i know that we're gonna get some hate mail over this but for me it's i hope it's mail yeah yeah. (laughs) that'd be neat (laughs) like you know you made it when right it is it is looking critically at kind of whatever the case might be in for this conversation we're talking about faith so we're looking critically at faith and removing all the things Mm -hmm. that um um, we'll simply say just don't seem right and that cause pain mm-hmm. to ourselves mm-hmm. and to others that um, gets in the way of what a faith life should be, what the Jesus way actually is. I, I, it's looking at those things and then removing it from your your worldview and from your actions, which is easier said than done. And it takes a lot, well, it, I would imagine it would take a lot of time and a lot of effort and a lot of pain and a lot of therapy, I would assume, to really mm. do that properly, mm. um, so yeah, it's essentially looking at a brick wall and 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 chopping it down brick by brick. But here's where we'll get the hate mail. In my from my point of view, deconstruction happens in order to build something new, not to rebuild. You know what I mean? Not to like, hey, let's build back up my Christian faith. No, 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 not necessarily. But to build something new, to replace it with something else. It's not just smash the wall and walk away. And some people do that, and that's fine. But for me, I think there's something, I don't want to say more healthy, because that's really harsh, but something definitely more healing um, in terms of like replacing that wall with something better, with something that's built on love and hope, mm-hmm. something that is built on justice. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. And something that's just like healthy. It's a healthy approach to whatever you might replace. Like, what, if it's a faith thing, great. If it's like a lifestyle choice, great. If it's just like to 
but I think it needs something needs to be replaced there. That's good. Mm. <laughs> the opposite of what you just deconstructed. Hopefully, will show up there at some point in time. Mm. That feels like a proper definition of deconstruction, which I'm sure some people won't like. And and the ironic part is when we and this is within the faith context, a Christian context, that you can build into something new that embodies this Christian ethic centered around the teachings and the person of Jesus and wind up with something very different exactly. than the church you grew up with. Right? That, that the Christian faith, the Jesus faith, actually has the answers of what is good. Yes! Yeah! If you want to reclaim them. Yes! And I'll, I'll be honest, when I went through my faith deconstruction, I was like, I want to burn everything down. Every church. Yeah, natural. Every, yeah. just, just, <laughs> just destroy it. You know what I mean? Just... We'll put a disclaimer there. He didn't really mean literally burn down the right. churches. <laughs> you right. never know. But you never know. That's right. You know, And I realized, no, it's not like Jesus isn't the issue right here. <laughs> this, mm, my issue mm-hmm. is not with Christ. No, not at all. Actually, well, my Jesus is uh, I my, my issue is white Jesus. Oh no, he doesn't exist. So. There is no white Jesus. <laughs> That's a lie. It's a lie from the pit of hell. I don't know who made that cartoon character up, but I don't believe in that nonsense. I threw in the white Jesus curveball. I mean, his hair is freshly conditioned. That's California true. Jesus, blue eyes, right? slightly in profile. The beard is nice. Seating hairline, just yeah. like slightly. That's, That's right. He looks good. He's a weird. handsome little devil. If it's you know your thing, but. <laughs> Oh, that white Jesus. We pray to you, little baby white Jesus. <laughs> Dear Lord, baby Jesus, or as our brothers to the south call you, Jesus. Still my favorite prayer of all time. <laughs> Deconstruction. Yeah, how about you, man? How about you? Uh, well, per, you know what? You went first, and I'm just going to add some pieces to it. I cheat that way. I I think that it is either a divestment or a decolonizing uh, from something that seeks to make you less whole. Mm. That it strips away aspects of your humanity. It demands a certain piece of assimilation, meaning you have to give up a piece of yourself in order to belong. Whereas Jesus does call for transformation, but says, bring your whole self because your image-bearing self has been made very good. Bring that, and together, let's participate and be transformed right. into a new way of being. And so you're staring at the wall, tearing it down. I like your, I like your nuance around rebuild. That's, a, that's a, a, a good nuance, because I don't think you can deconstruct... That's not true. You can. Yeah, you can. Sure. You can deconstruct and then leave it there, yes. which a lot of people have done, yes. and they leave the faith. That's right. That's an option. Yeah, totally is. That's an option, and you may not have any other option. That's I totally think that right. there's another level. I think there's a deeper level. I think there's another part of the journey that says, although you've rejected all these things, and it totally makes sense, that all the aspects that pulled away from your humanity and the humanity of all others are not Jesus traits, that there are options out there there for you to venture, hopefully with some friends chasing the same, unto better, and to build into something that is life-giving. I'm in for it. I'm in for it. That's hard. That's hard. That's a thing. And that's often a lonely enterprise. Yes, it is. 
Yes, it Especially is. when to talk about white supremacy, you want to talk about the way w- white supremacy, whiteness intercedes mm-hmm. into aspects of Christian theology, basically shapes and form every aspect of Western or European or white Eurocentric Christianity. You got to contend with whiteness and white supremacy. Right. You got to divest yourself from that. You have to decolonize out. This is the thing. Exactly. And unto right. something deeper. That's the other piece. That that's my piece is that you can do all that, th- but unto something deeper as well. That's that's the other hard part. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That makes like that makes sense to me. That makes sense to me. And so I'm always curious about like people's journey on like that side of it all. You know, like what do they? Because okay, I mean, okay, let's let's talk about Twitter because Twitter is both the thorn in my side but also my lover so i'm a huge mm. i'm a huge fan of the tweet tweet um i hear people always talking about uh, what they're throwing in the trash what they're leaving behind what they hate what they want to burn down in terms mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. you know deconstruction be exponential mm-hmm. and it's all mm-hmm. good stuff it's all stuff that i'm like yeah high fives to you i, mm-hmm. I get it mm-hmm. but what i long to hear is exactly what well, well pretty much what we're both saying it's kind of like hey what's on the other side of that because and like you said there's nothing wrong with burning it down and walking away oh my gosh totally that's kind of where i was for a while i'm like i'm out of here burn mm-hmm. it down burn that bridge it's, it's not that's a normal totally piece of the totally. journey yeah but i'm really curious about like people's the conversation around what happens on the other side of that mm-hmm. and i mm-hmm. i mean Maybe it's just me looking for a happy ending. I don't know. But I feel like mm-hmm. those things, I would love to hear more of that. Kind of like, wow, that sucked. But look at the beauty I found here. Look at mm-hmm. look mm-hmm. at how there, this is healing. Look at the justice work I'm doing within my own heart and in my community. I think that, I think that speaks way louder than, let's burn this down. It's harder. I'm writing a book on that. Well, funny you mention that. I don't have uh, answers on onto that. I wonder if it's time, though. It's it that, is. Yeah. I'm not suggesting that we're onto something new here that's never been thought of before. Right. But we are in our age, in our unique cultural moment, in our place and space and geography and neighborhood and city. Yep. And I wonder if we just need another 10 years before those voices start to emerge and tell us more stories. Because those stories have already been told. But You're right. They're, You're right. Uh, they're few and far between. Harder to find. And I wonder if, if we just wait another, uh, wait again, wait, wait, <laughs> wait. I hate another waiting. 10 years yeah. and another 10 years that we'll hear more of those stories of people who did find. But I, I think you're right in that the vast majority of people, um, it's easier to just walk away yeah, and not replace it. Yeah. Like just done with Sunday find life at book club or CrossFit or nothing. Yeah. You know, just get, and, and that compared to being, having your soul sucked from you could be the answer that you need in the season. Right. I wonder how much of it is actually tied to the way we grew up versus say folks who have not had to contend with pulling themselves out of white church formation, Hmm. like indigenous or institutional black 
right. traditions, uh, e- some Eastern or Coptic or Ethiopian Orthodox traditions that have never had to divest themselves out of whiteness already have a place. I didn't include every ethnic uh, congregation example in that because I think a lot of ethnic congregations, Chinese, Korean, um, some Indian look and adopt white church practices yep. more so than create their own. Yep. But we do have traditions in black church traditions and some indigenous traditions yeah. where there are answers of what this thing can look like right. or previews of those who have gone before and have lived out different ways of being out of resistance usually. But I wonder how much of our questions right now, and this is why it fits into hashtag ex-evangelical, is because we came out of that. Yeah, yeah. We were formed in, well, for me, it was white evangelicalism. Um, started off white charismatic. Oh, didn't really Lord. name it as, as such with yeah. speaking of tongues and me just reading my picture Bible, comic book color inserts in, in the, and it wasn't the pew, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah, I do. And then yeah. move quickly into uh, evangelicalism, run a mill evangelicalism for almost 20 years. And uh, all the way up until I, my deconstruction starts to happen just before seminary. Mm. I went to seminary. And then I never kind of looked back. Yeah, fair enough. But that formation is there. I'm not sure if that was similar to your yeah. formation upbringing. Close. I think, like, I started off in, in black church, which is great, you know, full mm. screaming from the, you know, from the pulpit, you know, the choir, everything, you know, it's just, you mm. know, like three hour long services, just, you know, <laughs> like yeah. everything, all yeah. of it, all, all of it. Yeah. And then went right from that into white evangelical which was quite the you know quite the twist of the neck um and then went from there into deeper into like charismatic ish mm. um so yeah i've been and then it went to mainline you know did an anglican thing for a while so yeah it's definitely it's it was in my blood it was in my blood and i definitely noticed a massive change whenever i did sort of jump back into black church for a season where it's like for you know, a weekend here or a month here or for whatever the case might be. I can definitely feel the, not just the, the cultural stuff in terms of like, oh, I'm surrounded by my people, not just that, but even the way they even talked about Christ, even the way they, mm-hmm. some, some churches were definitely leaning more into, what is it called? I forgot. Prosperity gospel. Mm-hmm. Some were leaning to that where others were just leaning into how can we just be, better neighbors and there was such a huge difference between black church a and black church b that i felt i was like wow this is interesting you can see kind of where certain black churches were uh, they they learn from their white counterparts like you know like oh okay if we can be bigger and better we should be like this if we want to be rooted in the neighborhood we should be like this so that was really interesting but yeah i have definitely lots of scars on my back from Mm. You know, the white evangelical church and lots of learnings, lots of growings. And yeah, because of that, I had a lot to go through and remove from my system. You think it hurt you? Yeah, yeah, definitely for sure. And maybe more importantly, I let it hurt me. I was all in. I was going to be... Did you even know though? I was going to be a worse... No, I didn't I didn't realize what was going on. But yeah. uh, but I, I mean, knew I need I wanted to climb. This sounds bad, but I want to climb the ladder. If you know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Like well, I, was, I mean, dude, how many devil words? I can see one in the background there. 
<laughs> one of 26 Dove Awards. D Brown. <laughs> you know, I, I wanted to, um, not that I care about fame, but I wanted to kind of be the best I could be, which is kind of stupid to say. It just feels well, you're an artist, though. Right? right. You don't just produce just because. Right. You produce your best work. Right. And hitting, it's different for a musician in the sense that you have a stage as well. That's right. part of the presence. Right. Man. I get it. Yeah. It was right for a while, though, don't you think? Oh, I had some good times. Like, it was... I had some good times. You need, and this isn't for everyone, but there needs to be an alertness or an awareness. I'm using those terms instead of pulling from black church tradition of using wokeism. Right. So, they were a woke moment. Right. I don't want to take that. Uh, The same concepts around alertness and awareness. Like... That was just right. You don't know a different way necessarily, although it may, for me at least, there was always weird points, like always weird moments. Going to an all-white <laughs> church, there's always a weird racist moment right. that happens oh. every so often. And that, forget the microaggressions. Right. There's always like clearly, so tell me how you eat with your hands. It's like, mother, oh my like, what are you talking about? But it was right. Theologically speaking, it was right. Like, uh, as a kid growing up, and it didn't last long, but I read most all the the, uh, the Rapture books, where they go, Left Behind. Yes. Uh, I think it probably died for me when I saw the first Kirk Cameron movie. I'm like, Kirk Cameron did what? This is hot trash. Yes, yes. Actually, it died for me when I saw all the kids' versions, too, and realized this is just making a lot of people scared. It pre- right. It, 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 uh, it's predatory based on fear. Yes. But for snapshots in time growing up, this was right. Right. I voted conservative in my first election, federal election. Right. That was just right. Man, remember that? We were fighting gay marriage. Oh, my God. Do you, do you remember this? Jeez. Like, yeah. this country was going to fall apart. Yeah. This is, this is what, almost 25 yep. years ago? Yep. Yep. How many years? Well, I'm not that old. Or am I? I think you are, man. What was that? The late, was 20 like, years ago. Late, late 90s, right? Late 90s, early 2000s. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. You know what? Country didn't fall apart. So that stuff was right, you know? Yeah. And there needed to be a, a peeling back of the layers to say, this ain't right. Right. Was there a moment, or w- would you say it was an accumulation, a tipping mm-hmm. point, where you're like, just wait a tick. Yeah, yeah. You know what? Like I, even though I was trying to kind of like, you know, whatever, climb the ladder. A big part of the reason why I was trying to do that, because I never felt at home mm-hmm. at all in church mm-hmm. in the church world. Just never felt at home. Never, never, not once. You never felt you fully belonged. Right. Mm. Right. And so a big part of my trying to belong was like, hey, if I can you know, be really awesome in, in this area, mm. then hey, maybe I'll you know, find my place in this world. Right. <clears throat> so that alone was kind of like, I don't fit in. Something's not right. And even the way how, you know, people would talk about, all my, you know, like I had a lot of queer friends because I was in the artistic world, not just in the church stuff, but also in the mainstream, like. I did lots of clubs and bars and, you know, I would do like, I was in the orchestra pit for, you know, for productions and, you know, so I had a ton of queer friends and a ton mm. of closeted queer friends in, in the church world. Mm. 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 
And it always bugged me the way how churches and myself looked at queerness. Because I was like, that's not right. Mm-hmm. And why am I okay with mm-hmm. this? Mm-hmm. That never sat right with me. Mm-hmm. And so you see all these things, and so it's kind of like, ah, that doesn't make any sense. Oh, that doesn't make any sense. That doesn't make any sense. This doesn't make any sense. Even the word that I read, I don't, I don't, I don't there's a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't really mm-hmm. think mm-hmm. this is, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so I was carrying a lot of doubts and a lot of questions for most of my life. But then it all came to a head. It was kind of like, I need to stop ignoring these doubts and ignoring these questions. I need to figure this out. And I was able to see the the, the darkness in me. I won't say darkness. <laughs> I was able to see that there was a bunch of missing uh, puzzle pieces in me that I was like, I need to figure out why it's missing. Why mm, I'm how so dark. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, like I'm, I'm, I'm looking for something. I'm looking for validation. I'm looking for mm. some strange sense of mm-hmm, community mm-hmm, or, mm-hmm. or not even strange, just a sense of community. Right. And I was like, okay, so why don't I have it? Why? Mm. And why am I starving for it in this way? Yeah, oh, wait a minute. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's what. So, so yeah, it was definitely mm. like a, a tumbleweed kind of thing where it was like growing as a, or an avalanche. Mm. Maybe that's a better mm. metaphor. Something that's mm. growing, growing. But then yeah, yeah. for some reason, somehow everything snapped and it became just. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Couldn't avoid it. Yeah. That, that avalanche coming at you. Yeah, it was coming. It's like little pieces, little snowballs you threw at different places on the mountain. Right. And as they are going down, they're growing and growing and growing. Then they all came together yes. and you're like, I'm either along for the ride or it's going to kill me. That's exactly it. And it sweeps you right off the mountain. There it is. And you fall down to your inevitable death. Singing the lyrics to How He Loves Us all the way down. Oh my gosh. <laughs> there must be freedom somewhere in here. I thought this was a happy song. Exactly. <laughs> All we know are happy songs. Uh, That's it, man. I like that belonging piece. You know, and and I, w- I want to acknowledge this piece as, as I as I process all the different snowballs that were my alertness. I'll get yeah. to that in a sec. But one of the things I never and what we never contended with hmm. was patriarchy. Oh my gosh. That the opportunities that I was afforded, despite being run up against white supremacy or the vestiges of whiteness within the leadership structures of churches, I never contend with patriarchy. I was given opportunities that I never would have been given if I was a woman, woman leader in right. evangelicalism, just right. not a thing. Right. I mean, you got you to gotta acknowledge that that's not my story. I didn't contend with that. Right. I was actually granted this intersection of privilege at the same time of, of fighting some other ones. Yep. Yep. So I don't, I don't even know what it looks like to be a white woman, obviously, uh, and processing the abuse, spiritual abuse, the harm of patriarchy throughout this mm-hmm. whole process. That looks different. You got to find, <laughs> maybe you do buy all those books to process through that. And, and I don't know what it looks like to to trust again, to roll into community and coming out of that context yeah. and to yeah. try to trust again. Don't yeah. know. Right. I remember growing up, I saw many, many <clears throat> women uh, speakers and pastors and leaders. And I never even knew there was an issue. I'm like, oh no, no, she's preaching. She's, she's preaching up a storm. She's amazing. 
you know, she's doing that. But then I realized, oh, wait, wait, oh, oh, wait, it's not, <laughs> it's way deeper than that. It's way mm-hmm. insidious. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just, yeah, I, I never understood. Yeah. I never understood. I remember my mom, my mom was in the, uh, the medical field, so she was like a, um, like for a while, like a, like a vice, um, you know, president of a hospital for a long time. And, and when I was in high school, she sort of disclosed a lot of her stories. She never wanted to burden me with this, the, the craziness of being a black woman in a white man's territory. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, mom, you're like, mm-hmm. you're like the second from the top. What do you mean? Yeah, yeah. She's like, I'm like, oh, okay, son, <laughs> let me educate you. <laughs> oh boy, here it comes. And, and I was like, wait a minute, this stuff... I assumed, I foolishly assumed, because I, I was surrounded mm-hmm. by strong, powerful women, that no, things were kind of good and equal. Yeah. And she's kind of like, no, kiddo, no, no. Is it better now? Sure, question mark. You know what I mean? Maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just as bad now as it ever mm-hmm. has been. Mm-hmm. And at that point, I was like, okay. And it, it just it framed, um, I was so naive. I was so naive when I was a teenager, man. So naive. It framed a lot of what I saw in churches. And I, it made me understand, oh, right. Like, even tokenism when it comes to, you know, having a female on stage. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Feminist. <laughs> you know, There's no way they use that word. No, no. <laughs> no, definitely There's not. no way. No way, yeah. Yeah, so, like, it's... So, yeah, there's a, it's a whole other narrative and... A painful one that I just I, I just don't know, and I've never come across. Uh, I haven't experienced myself because I'm mean, I'm a dude, um, and I'm hearing these stories. I'm hearing these horrible stories and seeing now actually what it looks like in some of the other churches in my neighborhood, which I won't. This problem is huge, and I feel you're in for- Milton, right? Oh, dude, <laughs> <laughs> it's okay, man. I'm in Calgary. The Wild West here. All we have is our freedoms. Oh my, oh my gosh. And death. Yeah. Lots yeah. of death. So yeah, man. Smash the patriarchy. I value your story on belonging because I think that's just trying to fit in, trying to have a, a safe, life-giving space. Not just safe, but life-giving space right. where you're, you're with family and and you can just grow in a slow way together. I long for those places. I've never fit in. Uh, I can't fit into any ethnic churches. There are no multi-ethnic churches in this part of the world. There's never been a sense. I've, I've always had, like, you know, white churches at least will feign belonging right. for you so right. long as you do and assimilate the right and say the right things, right? Um, but when you clearly don't fit in complexion, there's always something that's telling you you're not okay in your own skin. Right. So I've never had the belonging piece. And, and when I reflect back, I think part of the reason why I'm a church planter and have created churches and spaces is from, so I could have a place to belong. Isn't that a weird, sad story? And Right. And you'd think that'd be attractive for other people like me, but it's it's whatever. I think most people aren't asking these questions. Maybe that's too cynical. That's too cynical. Come on, Drew. Oh my gosh. So cynical. Oh my gosh. But 
what I, w- I identified early on, and this was kind of the marker for me, was the church's incompetence of connecting with people who don't look like it. Oh. So I thought Ooh. it was a problem of mission. Right. Hence all the mission stuff I was doing, church planning stuff I was doing. Like, I'm built to be the lead pastor in a traditional sense. Uh, A lot of unlearning there. And so I can play that game. Right. And thought that, listen, I I had diagnosed the problem that it's true the churches are racially segregated, full stop, um, by and large. Multi-ethnic ones are the exception to the rule. It's very rare to see churches. And the reason why they're like that, there's a couple, but the primary one is that minority folks, racialized minorities, uh, have never been permitted full belonging in white churches. So that's why we have this segregation happening. So I was thinking that the reason why, on a concept purely around mission, the reason why the church can't connect with people who don't believe like it is because they still dwell in an inherited power position in the neighborhood, assuming people will come to them for the answers to all of life's questions, assuming that they know the stories of the church, you know, know the stories of the Bible. They're just lapsed Christians. Actually, churches and evangelicals, ironically, are among the worst, can't connect with people who don't know the stories. So there's, a, there's an incompetence there that at best, at best— even evangelical churches can only really attract lapsed Christians right. into the fold. Right. They can transfer Christians, they can have babies, or they can have Christian immigrants. Already church people come in. That's that's just sort of how churches hold tight. Yep. Right? Few grow. Right. And few have competency around connecting with people. And and which is really a question of, I'll use the word, evangelism. Mm-hmm. How do you... Sh- tell a gospel story in a language that people who have never known Jesus, never known church could comprehend. These were the questions I was asking because I saw the belonging pieces being broken. Yes. What I didn't do, and it probably took me not quite 10 years, probably took me another five to realize that the deconstruction around mission was actually only the surface level, and that below there were bigger aspects of power surrounding white supremacy and patriarchy. Wow. And then we come all the way into 2021, and, uh, and that's where we're at. Huh. Those are, the, those are the foundations. White supremacy, patriarchy. That's it, man. And they all got to contend with that. Even So rumor has it... After going through all of the process of deconstruction, and hats off to you, good buddy. Oh, boy. You, you waited. You waited. This is, this is a, a signal of health, D. Brown. Is it? A signal of health. You have come back into uh, a church role. So a process of deconstruction, even saying, dare I say, did you ever say I'm never going back? Yeah, I did. Yeah. I ain't never going back. Who would go back to get their ass whooped once more? Exactly. Oh, this guy, me. And so on one hand, people are like, no, Drew, why you got to do? And all that kind of stuff. And I'm, I'm kind of like, man, if you can find like a healthy space to do the things that you're loving, go do that. Right. Are the rumors true, Drew B? <laughs> 
Oh my gosh! Yeah, yeah. I for some reason I've what, what did I tweet the other day? I can't remember. I think I said uh, I deconstructed myself right back into a true <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I wonder if that's actually a healthy. Oh, th- that's actually a healthy rhythm, like to come to deconstruct back into something, not the same thing, no, no, but right, to no, the something. Right, is a pathway. That's a pathway. I, I guess. Yeah, I suppose it is. And, and it's cool because I, I I still feel like I'm, you know, like a part of my my portfolio is sort of managing music, and now I'm looking at all the songs that we sing together as a community and running it through my filter of you mm. know, being you know this deconstructed guy who doesn't believe in yeah, half yeah, us, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Um, mm. And who wants to you know manage you know pronouns and wants to man like I I want <clears throat> I want to sort of get rid of too much of the you know the blood language like there's things and i'm like uh, i don't i don't think we need to um be all about this here i think we can find other songs or other language to use um to kind of say and sing the things that we want to sing um i never really i i remember I, I always used to say i'm sure i heard it from some other like white worship leader but i remember i used to say for the last 20 years i would say like the songs that we sing today will be our theology tomorrow and I'm writing, I'm holding fast to that. Like that's even mm. more important to me now than it was 20 years ago. Mm. And so I want to make sure the songs we sing are really, really grounded in what, um, uh, who Christ really is and what this, what this path that we're on really means for us as we fight against these powers and principalities, you know, white mm. supremacy and patriarchy and right. Like we need to destroy the stuff. We need to, yeah. Anyway, but yeah, here I am. I'm back in a church role. I'm not sure why. I'm still a bit jaded, still a bit angry. But even in those two spots, it's my goal is to not yell at people <laughs> or or to you know like put my fists up in, in some sort of weird you know defense mechanism or retali- retaliation. Instead, I just want to like love people better. Mm, um, mm, as mm. I lead them in maybe a, just a, mm. a, a new way of doing mm-hmm, church mm-hmm. and a new that sounds so a new way no. you know what I'm well, saying not a new yeah. way but new for them a way of doing church and doing Jesus way reimagine oh I hate that word so much no okay not not reimagine every leader every church leader every church every ministry leader every ministry whenever mm-hmm. they use that word. It's mm-hmm. never really reimagining. It's just like a rebrand. Mm. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so for me, I'm like, no, I think, <laughs> like, I, I, it, it really is. We're not reimagining anything. For me, I'm like, man, mm. we want to reimagine something. Let's let's totally like break it. Let's deconstruct it, break it down, and build something new, not just mm-hmm. rebrand it. And I'm like, hey, mm. let's mm. let's do this differently. Instead of doing like four songs, let's do five. Reimagined. Like, no, man. Let's, instead of 10 a.m., let's do 7 p.m. Exactly. And drop our voices like this. Exactly. Like, uh... Let's get a rapper. <laughs> then we're really multicultural. <laughs> Pregnant pause. Oh, oh, my gosh. But yeah. Yeah. Church job. Yay. Save me, Black Jesus. <laughs>